Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Good afternoon, evening, or morning. This is your old Uncle Mosh with Raiders Fan Radio, and you are in for a treat. Sit back and get ready to listen to one of the most insanely knowledgeable people you will ever meet talk about our beloved Raiders. Another episode coming your way of Silver and Black Flashback by Rich Schmelter, the author of the Raiders Encyclopedia. As always, thank you so much, Uncle Mosh, for that awesome intro to Silver and Black Flashback. And I hope to keep on earning that praise you give me. And never to be left out is my man Murph, the host of the greatest Raiders podcast out there. Thanks so much, my friend, for the great opportunity you give me to be a part of Raiders Fan Radio, as well as having the chance to be a part of a network that helps out so many through the One Nation Foundation that benefits Raiders-related charities. And also, I cannot thank you enough, Murph, for saying such awesome things about my new book, Championship Diary, about our Raiders Super Bowl 18 victory. And if you get a chance, Raider Nation, check it out on Amazon or go to the link provided on Murph's show. And to Murph's co-hosts, Swag Jeff and Michelle, and all of the silver and black faithful listening around the world, I am proud as hell to bring you stories of the people and moments that helped make our Raiders history so glorious. And with all that being said, why not get on with this? Our time together once again on this episode of Silver and Black Flashback. Way back in the archives on episode 10 of Silver and Black Flashback, our Raiders' move to Los Angeles from Oakland was discussed. Now, on episode 62 of our time together, we are leaving L.A. and returning 400 miles north back up to Oakland. When the Raiders relocated to Los Angeles in 1982, they were still in the midst of their glory days. The City of Angels truly embraced the Silver and Black as saviors from pro footballist Sundays at the L.A. Coliseum after the Rams left for Anaheim in 1980. The bad boys of the gridiron were always regarded as a melting pot of personalities, much like Los Angeles. This helped to provide the Raiders with a new, vast fan base that took to the team with a devoted passion. The sale of Raiders merchandise rose to unbelievable heights, and from 1982 through 1985, the Raiders had massive crowds filing into the L.A. Coliseum to watch the Silver and Black pound out victories and opponents on a consistent basis. And in 1983, they provided the city with their first ever Super Bowl victory. However, by the latter portion of the decade of the 1980s, the massive Coliseum was virtually barren as the team's fortunes began to decline. In the area adjacent to the Coliseum, was not all that safe to be in, and fights in the stands were commonplace on game day. The team's lack of success, coupled with the unsafe environment, meant less people were willing to come out and support the Raiders at the Coliseum. By 1987, Al Davis realized that the Coliseum would not suit his needs very much longer and looked to different locales outside of the Los Angeles city limits. 
the nearly 70-year-old Coliseum still did not have the luxury suites or other improvements that Davis was promised at the dawn of the decade when he was wooed by the City of Angels. The time was right to seek what Davis felt his Raiders deserved. He wanted a modern facility with all the perks necessary to compete in the highly competitive professional sports marketplace. In August of 1987, the city of Irwindale, California, rose to the forefront as the designated new home of the Raiders. Located 18 miles east of Los Angeles, Irwindale officials planned to build the Raiders a new stadium in an old rock quarry. The Raiders were even paid $10 million as an offer of good faith. However, that deal fell through, but the Raiders kept the non-refundable $10 million. And I have to tell you, Raider Nation, that had to hurt a little bit for Irwindale, don't you think? So anyway, with Irwindale's funds a whole lot lighter and the Raiders $10 million richer, during the summer months of the following year, speculation was high that the Raiders were looking to return to their native Oakland with Alameda County officials in the NFL both in approval of the trek back up to Northern California. Over the course of three years, after delays mounted, on September 11, 1991, it was announced that Al Davis decided to keep the Raiders in Los Angeles. The new deal caused fans in Oakland to use Raiders merchandise as kindling for numerous bonfires. The new deal struck by Davis in Los Angeles did not mean that the emperor of Raider Nation was satisfied with his current dwellings. In May of 1995, after the departure of the Rams for St. Louis, the owners of the National Football League teams approved with a 27-1 vote to support a plan to build a $200 million privately financed stadium on property owned by Hollywood Park in Inglewood for the Raiders. Davis sought what he seemed to be a great opportunity to build a stadium in Hollywood Park, located 11 miles southwest of downtown Los Angeles in Inglewood. Everything seemed to finally be coming together between the Raiders and the city they called home for a decade. But once again, a roadblock halted things moving forward. For it seemed that the NFL wanted to bring in another team to share the new Hollywood Park Stadium with the Raiders. It was also announced that the stadium would be the home of college football's UCLA Bruins and scheduled to be opened in 1997. It was also guaranteed that at least two Super Bowl games would be played there as well. Al Davis refused the deal over a stipulation that he would have had to accept a second NFL team at the stadium as soon as 1998. Al Davis had grown weary of sharing a stadium with another occupant, as he had to with the USC Trojans at the LA Coliseum. Davis wanted his own football palace dedicated solely to his Raiders, and nothing else would appease him. Apparently, the league would not budge on their idea of dual existence in Hollywood Park, and things were once again at a stalemate. Now, never let it be said that Al Davis did not like a good fight, but on this occasion, he did not want a shoving match with the league that could prove to be nothing more than another delay in getting the best deal possible for his Raiders. At one point, there was even a proposed move to Sacramento, California, that involved Davis taking ownership of the National Basketball Association's Sacramento Kings. But obviously, that deal fell through as well. Al Davis finally found the answer to the dilemma in the same geographic location that he left 13 years earlier. And on June 23, 1995, Davis signed a 16-year agreement with the city of Oakland to return the team back to its place of origin. One month later, 
the city and team came to a mutual understanding about improvements that Davis wanted and never received back in the early 1980s. Happy to have the Raiders back, Oakland city officials gave approval to renovate the Oakland Coliseum with luxury suites, plus other improvements that would definitely please Al Davis. The project got underway in late 1995, and by the 96 season, the work was complete. The problem created by the NFL involving the Raiders in the proposed Hollywood Park project eventually made its way through the legal system. In 1999, Davis filed a $1.2 billion lawsuit against the league, claiming the NFL sabotaged the Raiders' attempt to build the Hollywood Park Stadium by wanting another team to share it. Davis also claimed that the Raiders still owned the Los Angeles market even after being out of the area for four years. And two years later, on May 21, 2001, a jury in Los Angeles ruled against Davis after a trial that lasted six weeks. Even though the Raiders had been back in Oakland for 20 years, the desire to once again return to Los Angeles came up. On February 19, 2015, the Raiders and the San Diego Chargers announced that they would build a privately financed $1.78 billion stadium in Carson, California, if they were able to move to the Los Angeles market. Both teams did state that they would still continue to attempt to get stadiums built in their prospective cities of Oakland and San Diego while looking at the Los Angeles market. On April 22, 2015, the Carson City Council bypassed the option to put the stadium to public vote and approved the plan three to nothing. The council voted without having clarified several issues, including who would finance the stadium, how the required three-way land swap would be performed, and how it would raise enough revenue if only one team moved in as tenant. And on May 19, 2015, the Chargers and Raiders announced that they had finalized a deal to secure land in Carson, which was transferred to a joint powers authority in Carson after the 157-acre site was purchased by Carson Holdings, a company set up by the two teams. On January 4, 2016, the Raiders filed for relocation along with the Chargers and Rams. However, many NFL owners held reservations about the Carson site. The committee set up by the league initially recommended the Carson site, but the Chargers and Raiders were unable to secure the votes they needed to move. And after hours of debate, the NFL owners voted to allow the St. Louis Rams to move back to Los Angeles after a two-decade-long absence on January 12, 2016, with the San Diego Chargers having the option to join them within a year. It was still possible, however, for the Raiders to move into the Rams' new stadium in Inglewood with the Rams if the Chargers decided to stay in San Diego. But on January 12, 2017, the Chargers decided to join the Rams in Los Angeles, and with that becoming official, a return of the Raiders to Los Angeles was over. Although, with an AFC West rival playing in Los Angeles, the Raiders get at least one game in Los Angeles each season playing the Los Angeles Chargers. The Raiders' time in L.A. from 1982 to 1995 had a large cultural impact on both the Raiders' brand and Los Angeles. During this time, there was an explosion of popularity in both the team and the Raiders' brand, as L.A. is America's second largest media market. 
The team's early success was coupled with brand exposure by Hollywood celebrities, most notably the rap group NWA, who proudly wore Raiders gear. Today, Los Angeles and Southern California continue to have a large number of Raiders fans. After the Raiders left Los Angeles, fans began to travel to Oakland, and then, since 2020, to Las Vegas to see them play. The Southern California fans were considered essential to the success of the Raiders' relocation to Las Vegas. At the beginning of their existence, the Raiders were looked at as orphans, and in some ways, they still are. They were the final franchise selected into the original American Football League. They played in three stadiums in their first seven years and flip-flopped between two cities for most of their existence. There are some factions that still feel the team belongs to Los Angeles despite their return to Oakland and then Las Vegas. On a positive note, this incredible team with an illustrious past now has three fan bases that care deeply about them, not to mention diehard fanatics all over the globe. And with that, we are once again at the end of another episode of Silver and Black Flashback. All right, my Silver and Black faithful, I love and thank all of you for listening. What an awesome family we have. And now, all together, loud and proud, let's bring this one home. And how do we do it? With four simple words. So, ready. One, two, three. Let me hear it, Matt, Bruce, Bamba, and everyone else. Here we go. Love you, Raider Nation. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.